Hi, I'm Jasmine. Hi, I'm Kathy Allen. And we have High Expectations. expectations. Kathy's back. Hello. You've been gone for a few episodes now. I have been. Busy with plays and Mm. being a woman of the world. That's right. Welcome back. Thank you. It's nice to be back. What are we going to talk about today, Kathy Allen? So I have pondered over my obsessions for a while and something that's always stuck out to me is astrology but it didn't feel quite right to talk about yeah I really wanted to delve into that more in a broader sense and what has been a general theme for me lately has been self-care and I realized yesterday that I can tie the two together today I will be talking about various methods of self-care that I found really effective for me and astrology including tarot and why and how that what that means to me in my life Awesome. Where do we start? Something that I was alerted to by the help of a really lovely flatmate of mine a couple of years ago was the concept of self-care. And I hadn't really called it that before. And so basically it's just doing those little things for yourself that really help you ground yourself, center yourself, and those things that make you you. And it can be anything. It can be reading a book, having a bath, calling a friend, writing in your journal, watching the stars anything that you can think of really playing music and going for a walk a lot of the things for me tend to be quite physical things to take me out of my head okay because the moments that i need it most are when i get so wound up in my mind so i'll give you a bit of an overview of me in general i have experienced anxiety in the past and i've experienced lows and i kind of class them under depression and so i've been dealing with that for many years ever since i experienced the death of my family which is coming on a year and a half now ago I experienced grief-related depression and that's when my anxiety just spiraled and it got much worse. And so for the first time in my life I was dealing with anxiety attacks, panic attacks, extreme lows um, and going through a lot of stages of grief which I quickly learned don't come in an order (laughs) at all. They can jump back and forth between all these different emotions and you can probably have about five emotions all at once. I know I experience that a lot or you know several things going on all at once. And that's quite overwhelming. I had to start looking into how I could ground myself. And I'm still working on that now. That takes a long time. Sure. That's when I started really thinking about self-care. Once I was able to harness those calm moments during that grief to really like reflect on how it affects me and look at my triggers and try and like preempt that with positive things that I can do in those moments. Um, or just have a general output of self-love towards myself, if that makes sense. Um, really? Yeah, definitely. It's really, I think it's a really important thing to harness. And recently, yeah, I've unfortunately gone through a hard time as well, just recently. And I'm ex- incredibly grateful for all of the wonderful friends that have stepped in to love me. Thank you. My anxiety is once again quite hard to handle at the moment so I've once again gone back to this concept of self-care <laughs> as a way of protecting myself and loving Good. myself yeah so that's basically where I'm at right now a lot of so many people deal with anxiety that they don't let on about like to give you context I every day this week I've had a low and have really struggled to deal with it and it can just happen out of nowhere when you're experiencing grief as well like there doesn't have to be a certain trigger it can just hit you at the drop of a hat so that's my big skill. <laughs> and something that we say in our friends, I, th- I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, mm. is that when you have anxiety, it can really help to tell people that you have anxiety. Yeah. And let them know what you're feeling, even if it seems ridiculous. Sometimes just the act of saying it out loud can make it seem more manageable. 
It does, right? And it actually does feel like a weight's lifted from your chest as well. And people can people are more accommodating and more empathetic than you realise or than you expect. Really are. Yeah. And as you said, a lot of people are suffering anxiety mm. and people that you open up to but having anxiety, chances are they might be anxious about something at the same time and you can support each other. Definitely. Yeah. There are so many different forms of depression and anxiety and how it manifests in your body and your mind um, that you'll be surprised as to what people experience and go through, yeah, on a day-to-day basis, really. So, yeah. Yeah, and self-care is something that people do quite often all the time without even realising that they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. I took myself outside um, when I realised it was very sunny today and just sat outside for 10 minutes and closed my eyes and sat in the sun and let it just warm my face and warm my shoulders and it was really lovely and those little things people just do without thinking or a lot of the time it's actually quite hard to remember to do those things as well you know when you get stuck in your mind yeah the thing that I've experienced which I'm sure a lot of listeners would have experienced as well or heard about is disassociation and that can often come after shock or grief and trauma And that's when your mind feels completely detached from your body. And so that's something I'm dealing with right now. And if anyone else is dealing with that as well out there, um, my sympathy goes out to you because it's very hard to deal with. It's quite a powerful force in your body and your mind. And that's when it's important to try and find those ways to bring yourself back into your physical self. Like even if it's just wriggling your toes or your fingers or focusing on your breathing, yeah, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> it's quite a strange experience, really. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like grounding exercises that people can do, and different ones work for different people. Yeah, yeah. I always personally, I find like breathing exercises to not be as helpful. Do you find that sometimes, yeah, if you're focusing on it too much, and then it then it makes it worse? Is that why? Or? I guess I feel more grounded, less from like physical things, and it's more from other kind of stimulation like true tell me about your um what is groundedness to you jaslyn i put a lot of my emotions i guess into hearing music or playing music mm-hmm. sometimes if i'm feeling like not quite all all there i'll sit at the piano and i'll play some songs for a while like write a song but usually i'll just play through a song that i wrote myself or that's cool i'll know what kind of tones i need to hear and i'll seek out a band mm-hmm that's playing that kind of tone and I find that's more comforting than for me like squeezing my toes and all my muscles and trying no I get you music can be such a powerful thing eh? that's really intuitive and self-aware that you know what um, works for you and you're actually able to remember that in those moments as well I might be somewhere that I'm not able to have access to music say I'm at work or I'm on lunch break or something and then I'll go to what I consider to be like a safe spot or a safe space and it's my spot and I'll go there and I'll sit and I'll feel happy that's good it could be amongst the trees it could be looking out over a road I used to sit and watch taxis get used that's cool back in a few years ago did you wonder where everyone was heading to? I didn't really mind where they were going to mm. but the, the joy came from trying to guess who was going to get into a taxi <laughs> that's cute <laughs> so I'd sit there eating my lunch overlooking a taxi stand yeah and try and guess and I guess there was a distraction of it. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. It brought me back. It takes you out of your mind. It really helped. Yeah, I totally see what you mean. No, I, I usually go and sit amongst some trees or something. That's cold. Which is great, except it's a bit colder at the moment and oh, it's less yeah. appealing. And it's kind of annoying to get to. Having to find those quiet, safe spaces to recharge in when it's winter is a little bit harder, definitely. So you mentioned that astrology and tarot. <laughs> yep. 
is one of your obsessions, <laughs> and that's certainly something that I associate with you. So how is that tying in right. with self-care at the moment? Oh my goodness. So I'm a Sagittarius sun, um, and I say sun because our main signs are our sun signs. And you can get as complex as you want with astrology. There are so many different layers to it, but I'm just going to stick to the basics at the moment. And it's a fire sign. Jaslyn is an Aries sun, and we get on like a house on fire. I know that's a cliche, um, <laughs> but the, all the fire signs tend to understand each other in quite an innate way, which is really lovely. But Sagittarius is often associated with learning and expansion and higher regions and theology and education and academia and spirituality and being very, very zealous about what they're interested in. And that's me to a T. Once I put my mind to something and I absolutely love it, I obsess about it. I use astrology as a framework to understand people. And I think it's so cool how people can have a multitude of different ways to understand the world they're in and understand how people relate to each other. And so astrology is a big focus for me. I'm sure I know Ellen, my girlfriend, gets a little bit frustrated sometimes because I always tend to link things back to it. What's lovely for me is that she's started to think about it herself sometimes. So that's nice. <laughs> it's nice when she says, oh, I wonder if they're a Gemini. There's so much to it as well. I find it fascinating. I love learning about someone's history and, and then seeing the characteristics and their personality and then finding out or trying to guess what sign they are and how that ties in. Yeah, that's been quite a, in the past few years, that's really become quite a big focus for me. It's helped me understand past relationships, past friendships, and present ones, and what may happen in the future. Tarot, for me, comes into that as well. And, okay, so I would identify as a pagan. I'm kind of taking that on tentatively, because okay. um, I'm interested in certain aspects of witchcraft, but I'm still kind of dipping my toes in, in a way which I think counts, but I'm not an expert on anything really. So I say I'm really into astrology, and I am, but I'm nowhere near an astrologer, nor am I an expert on tarot cards. I've only just really gotten into them in a big way lately. And I still interpret them in the way that I feel is best, which I think is it's good to listen to your intuition and your gut feelings about things. So yeah, so paganism for me is respect for the natural world. And Understanding that through the methods of astrology and tarot cards and also crystals for me is a big one. And okay. um, another thing I like to do, as I've, I've done this a few times recently, is to make a wee ritual when I'm trying to get over um, or I'm trying to work through certain emotions about people or events that have happened. I will put objects associated with that person or whatever's happened, maybe arrange them in a little altar and put candles there and and burn some incense and just meditate a little bit and write in my diary while I'm, I'm smelling the lovely smells of the incense and I'm thinking about them and I'm concentrating on what happened and, and that can really help cool. me process what thank you that can really help me process what has gone on and that gives me a lot of insight into it actually so for me I like to cater to all of my senses I guess when I'm trying to process something in that way and I think that's quite a special way to, you know, concentrate on someone or um, something that's happened. Like a healing thing. I'm going to skip to tarot, actually. I've only really recently gotten into tarot. And at the moment, what I tend to do is I spread out my tarot card deck. And I pick three cards so to give me a general reading of whatever I'm focusing on in my mind. So I would pick a card for, yeah, the recent past. Um, one for the present and one for the near to be future. Over the past few couple of days I've been 
using them a lot. I don't know, I just been really enjoying it. But in particular, there's been one big decision that I had to make a couple of days ago. I really needed some guidance on and I was still mulling it over and with me, I try to get people's opinions you know, everyone's opinions before I make a decision. And then I, you know, assess them all and weigh them up and then see how I'm feeling. And I go by feeling a lot, actually. And I like to have some sort of guidance sometimes. The cards I picked were so, so apt and it was amazing. And it just showed me how this is such an awesome framework to just give me some ways of looking at my situation that really helped me. Like it really just illuminated my feelings. And then I can, from those cards I picked, I could then assess how I'm feeling about things depending on what the cards meant. It's often a way of just really showing you what you already know. Like turning your focus back inwards and categorizing your feelings I suppose by the impetus that provocations that the cards give you and their different meanings so that really helped me and it just cleared up everything for me and I'm so grateful that I turned to that and I just used that tool so, to help me but you're you're not using them as a like a fortune telling it's more of a a way of opening your mind up to different perspectives or Definitely. interpretations on your your own feelings yeah so a way of telling the future there's many different ways I don't no, hardly meant, I mean, I only know a few of them really off the top of my head. And they will be called divination is the way to look at future and the, yeah, the future. Right. Um, and that, that's a key term, I guess. So, you know, some people might use cards, some people might read palms. There's even a way of divining things due to the layers of an onion. I didn't know right. this until I saw a certain play recently. It was amazing. I just, there's so many different things out there that I think it's called like Ogliromancy or something. I don't know. Wow. That's probably not right. No, I, I'm not as focused on trying to read my own future, more just trying to sift through my feelings as I feel in the present, because I'm such an emotion-led person, and a lot of the times I have a lot of conflicting emotions within me, and I just want to try and sort them all out. And sometimes diary writing doesn't quite help me, because I can get very lost in it. And right. it's really important to me, but I, yeah, I do find myself getting very, very inward if I'm writing in my journal and that's not always helpful. Having something external to me I suppose in that way, like a different way to access that is very useful for me. Yeah. Yeah I can totally relate to that at the moment. I've been having this spate for weeks now but almost mm-hmm. every night I, I dream that I'm in a hotel yeah. or I'm interacting with a hotel in some way. Emily has been trying to help me interpret these dreams. She's obsessed with finding out why I'm having these dreams. They upset her that I'm having them. And she's been throwing out a few options to me, like, is it because of this, because of that? Mm. And something she said to me the other day really struck me, and I hadn't thought of it before. I suddenly felt quite emotional because she had struck on a perspective that I hadn't thought of before. Oh, wow. I kind of know what that might be relating to, but I, I said I can't explain it to you without sounding too weird or whatever. And so I wanted to take some time to really think it over. Yeah. Sometimes it takes time to be able to articulate them in your mind. Yeah. And to actually figure out what's behind all of that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way of using tarot is just to... Yeah. Think about, oh, I have this problem, so how would it relate to this card that I picked? And yeah, totally. That's look at how you totally feel about good. things, yeah. I wish I brought them now for you. It's also okay to just sit with feelings too. I find that when I'm not able to work out how I feel about something, I just have to take time and... You don't have to rush decisions or try and explain to someone that 
you're feeling a certain way if you don't actually know how to say it. Yeah, that's something, right. I guess, it's something it's nice to just hear reminders of, you know, you don't have to rush this quite yet. That's something I got a while ago as well, actually, in a reading. Tarot is a lot of fun. It's it's not just fun to me, though, as well, of course. It's very illuminating for me. Yeah, I just, I feel so good that I've discovered these more natural ways of uh, accessing my spirituality and expressing it. Because, yeah, I've had uh, different beliefs in the past, which I, I won't go into too much, but feeling more in tune with the natural world has just made so much sense to me. I've always been in awe of it, and I, I'm a true believer in everything having an energy. I can't quite explain whether that's a mixture of scientific um, explanations or spiritual ones, or if it's all combined. I reckon it is all combined, you know? It's, it's a beautiful world out there, and they, there's so much to it that I don't understand. I'll never be able to understand. But what I can feel is the energy between people and the energy between people and the land and, and different things around us. Like, all objects have an energy, really, to me. So it's, yeah, when you think of it that way, I think it really encourages respect as well. Yeah. That's really <laughs> cool. It's the first time I'm trying to articulate this, actually. Which is, well, I mean, a, a lot of objects are made up of the same properties. So it makes yeah, sense exactly. they'll resonate with the universe in a sim- similar way. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I had this really cool moment yesterday, actually, where um, Ellen and I were, I was doing some readings for her about some things going on in her life, and I got her to pick some cards, and at the same time, I, I don't know how to explain this, but it just happened, at the same time as her uh, hand went over a certain area of cards, you know, they were fanned out in my hand, I felt this surge of energy, and she felt it too, and she said, oh my goodness, I've just felt like it my hand felt really almost like a pain in the, in the palm of my hand oh, wow. when I went over this card and but it wasn't quite painful but she just felt this force there and I said I felt the exact same thing actually then when you did that in my own hands and I don't know if there's a simple explanation explanation to this you know like we could have had an electric charge between us or something but I just could it be. was amazing that she chose that and then the card she picked out was so damn apt for what her situation entailed and it was just amazing <laughs> it blew our minds really in a way awesome. um so it's just I don't know what's going on up there or like around us but that was really cool to experience so I'm really open to that sort of spiritualism yeah so let's get back to astrology for a minute mm-hmm. So you mentioned sun signs are the are the main the main, the main sign. Okay. So yep. most people would know about their star signs. <laughs> yep. So, so that's how, what we're talking so about. So a sun sign is the same as a star sign. It is okay. absolutely. That's what the common terminology is. Yeah. Def- yeah. Okay. That clears that up. Sorry. <laughs> I should be more clear. I go into it a little bit further, and I've done this for most of my close friends. In fact, anyone who I come across actually nowadays, I, I try to figure out what they are and and then how I can interpret them. And I tend to look into not just someone's sun sign, so what sign the sun was transiting through as you were born, but also their moon sign and their rising sign. And so your moon sign represents your emotional patterns, basically. And all of this can be found online as well. I'm just going to do a wee plug as well. There's a fantastic 12-part, I think, or even more now, series on the Little Red Tarot website. And that leads you through all the different aspects of astrology, if you're interested. And it's just really well written. I'd like to find out someone's moon sign as well as their rising sign. And their rising sign is how you would come across to others. And rising, we call it the rising sign or the ascendant sign. Because that is literally what constellation was rising above the horizon when you were born. Yeah, so your rising is what people would come across first or in general. It's also what lens you use to view the world in. 
For example, my rising is Taurus, and that has formed a lovely harmony or a balance with my Sagittarius energy, because Taurus is very different, and it's quite... People have said it's stubborn, but I just think Taurians are very determined. So every sign is ruled by a different planet as well. And so Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus, which lends it a lovely romance about it. And Taurians are very uh, in touch with their physical selves and their senses. I found that with so many Taurus people in my life that they've been so sensual and very, they appreciate those just simple but so such important things around them like good food and good energy and atmosphere and the earth and being really grounded in that way and that's just beautiful so I find I take a long time to make decisions as well and that's how I interpret that as well that my Taurus is coming into play because Sagittarius can be very impulsive and that kind of has a push-pull effect on me that I have those two things at play in, in my psyche those different energies which is quite fascinating people can be made up of so many different signs and often people have said to me you know oh I'm cancer but everyone says that I I come across as so different to those characteristics that are generally attributed to cancer and I've said well have you looked into your other signs (laughs) (laughs) because that could be explained so easily by different things that's something to look into if you're interested definitely Oh, it's so cool. fascinating. I've just written a zine as well, because I'm part of um, Wellington Zine Fest, and Jaslyn comes along to our events too, which is so fantastic, and she's written many a zine now. But I just recently, at one of our meetups at the Wellington Library, finally wrote a zine about, that's called A Predilection with Scorpios. And so I've been obsessed with Scorpio energy for a little while. Scorpios are fascinating. They're, oh my goodness, they have such magnetism to them, and I am just attracted to them so easily, to the energy and to their their way of understanding the world. They're very misunderstood characters. A lot of people see their guardedness and they don't look far past that. But I just have this way of wanting to see past that and, and wanting to really understand them on that deep level. And they just turn out to be some of the most sensitive people I've ever known. Scorpio is a water sign. And the thing is, they feel things so intensely. When a Scorpio feels something, it's an event. It's a hurricane. And so they have to guard themselves with such a thick shell to be able to live with that, basically, or to be able to feel comfortable with feeling things so deeply. So that's why they're so misunderstood. And I find them fascinating. I love it. Um, (laughs) You always know a Scorpio by looking at their eyes. If they are staring at you and they're gazing at you intently and they're just directing all of their focus at you, like if someone makes a beeline for you and they're very selective with who they focus on, then they're probably a Scorpio or they have some sort of Scorpio energy in them. I love you, Scorpios. You're just great. (laughs) You will forever haunt me. (laughs) Uh, All of you. Yeah. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to the Scorpios. Hey, Scorpios. Got, no, you got your stingers ready. You probably <laughs> had them up since I said the word Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just love it. It's such an awesome way to look at the world, really. And actually, to be honest, it, that has providing me, provided me with healing as well because it's helped me to understand, say, my relationships with my parents and with my family. And because your parental upbringing or your, fam- um, your family upbringing has so much influence on who you are as a person and no matter how far you want to push that away or just say no I'm completely different to my parents that's those their energies of whoever you grew up with is definitely going to inform you in such a deep 
play and when I figured out what astrological influences were at play in my home life that just made so much sense to me and it was so eye-opening and it actually gave me a lot of acceptance from figuring that out. That's so, great. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I really like about astrology is how excited you get about it and how <laughs> happy it makes you. Like you can tell you're really obsessed with it. Yep. That's, and that's totally how that has changed in my life is that it's become more normalized. And oh, cool! I I grew up in a in a household that had my mother was interested in astrology in a, in a minor way, and also she had a tarot card set that she would read my tarot sometimes. That's and, really that's really cool. And that that made me grow up very open minded about the world. Things that other people might attribute to being quack science or fake or just ridiculousness. But I try and associate things with my own beliefs. And so I'm very interested in astrophysics. That's cool. And I like to keep an eye on space news yeah. and what's going on up there. There is a bit of a joke horoscope that goes around the internet that's like, <laughs> your horoscope, and every single horoscope is the same, which is the positions of the stars and, pla- uh, stars and planets will have no effect on your daily life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've seen that. <laughs> and, yeah, it's so good. And I think about that and I think, yeah, 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 yeah. But astrology didn't come out of nowhere. Okay, so That's there's behaviors that people notice and characteristics that people try to explain. Mm. And it's a very old, a very old system. And so at the time, you use whatever's available to you, which makes sense, where you think, okay, it's, maybe it's the planets and the stars. Mm-hmm. There may be some other energies at play that are actually affecting it, but they're associated with the wrong titles, which makes people mock it. Mm. There's a lot about energies and the universe, which we don't understand. Yep. Very true. I listen to astrophysics podcasts, and they'll talk about, we only understand about 5% of the known universe. Oh my gosh. Because most amazing. of the universe is made up of dark energy, dark matter. Yeah. They don't know what it is or how it affects us. Yeah. You also hear news about a planet nine, which is probable to exist because of the way it affects other objects in the Kuiper Belt. Very true. And things like Neptune was discovered, or Uranus was discovered by mathematics because other objects were being affected by it, and that's they knew it must be there. That's what's happening with Planet Nine. Yeah. I just wonder how that will influence astrology then. Exactly. So, mm. so there's a lot to work out, but also temperature changes, pressures in the air, other positions with magnetic fields, place in the solar system. Maybe there is an effect on a fetus and the way it develops and when it's born and there could be something really there that people are ignoring because it's associated with the wrong thing Mm -hmm. so i'm totally open to astrology being a thing cool and i really like that you're into it and you're i think you used to be it's fair to say that used to be more guarded about who you talk to about it because you got to make fun of but now you're open and proud about it and I really love that. It Thank makes me happy. You. Yeah, I did. I, that was my own choice though as well and I've learnt since then to just be stronger about it and just to just not worry what other people think really. I'm quite influenced, I'm a people pleaser so I'm quite influenced by what other people think and if they come across quite strong and say that, you know, I'm, I really don't give a damn about that or I don't, I think it's a bit silly, then I'll often be like, okay, that's fine, we don't have to talk about <laughs> it. But thanks for saying that that's really lovely it's it's so good to speak out about what you're proud about and what's important to you so be proud just like i don't want to judge any other um belief systems or ways of looking at things because i feel like everyone's entitled to make up their own mind about things right as long as you're not homophobic (laughs) (laughs) 
In that case, you can jog on. <laughs> you can have your own personal opinions about things, eh? But as long as you try not to judge other people. That's kind of what I live my life by, is just being as non-judgmental as possible. And I know that I slip up because I'm only human. And that's the important bit, when you can catch yourself doing those things, because it's hard to be perfect. I, d I doubt that anyone is ever perfect in their thinking. And we're going to have strange thoughts that come at us from, from all different directions, because there's so much pressure out there in the world and social pressure to think certain things but if we can be aware of when we're being unkind to other people by judging them then that's awesome being being emotionally aware and as compassionate as possible is important there's your doctrine for the day i just wanted to say also like there's so many different layers to this if you were to follow up the website that i said earlier or any sort of guide to astrology that you can look into you know your star sign what i've mentioned your moon sign your rising sign there are so many different signs there's like venus there's mars sign there's there's the more secondary less personal signs like jupiter and saturn and uranus and neptune and pluto except not as much anymore because you know what happened to pluto and there's there's so much to it there's other things I'm not mentioning as well and then you can go into houses and so houses come into play when you have you look at your entire birth chart and that gives you like a wheel of an outline really of what sort of influences and what focuses you're going to have in your life be it family or career or relationships or, ah, oh, it's hard to explain this. For instance, because there's 12 different houses and they're all attributed to different areas of your life. And you have different, it's hard to explain without seeing it. If you ever see a birth chart, you'll see in the middle there are all different sorts of lines. And that's when a sign comes into play that starts at a certain angle and it keeps going and then it sort of intersects itself in the middle this sounds very complex i'm so <laughs> sorry okay to give you an overview really i have a lot of planets in my seventh and eighth house my seventh house or the seventh house is to do with relationships and the eighth house is to do with death and transformation and sex and the taboo i actually have my sun sign so all of your different signs will come into different houses and it depends which houses they are placed in as to yeah what focuses are gonna be on your life basically so my sun sign is in the eighth house and to get more complex on you i'm sorry bear with me the eighth house is ruled by scorpio so i exactly so that explains a little bit of why i'm so fascinated by the scorpio energy because i'm actually influenced by it as well I've only told you one example of my own chart, but there's so many different variations that you can come across and surprising things that pop up that you may not have thought of or might actually explain certain things about your energy that you haven't realized yet. So I recommend anyone who's interested to go and check out your birth chart. There's so many different ways of doing this online. I have an app on my phone called Time Passages, which is super easy and super handy when I want to figure out someone's main three or four signs straight away when I'm with them. But it's just so much, it's so fascinating. And yeah, I love figuring myself out in that way and figuring out other people and analyzing them as much as I can. So <laughs> once I started getting into the finer aspects of it, like, you know, reading my birth chart and learning how to do that and seeing what came along with that and learning about the different houses and everything like that, that just, oh, I loved it. I, I've told you before about how I'm zealous about things. <laughs> yeah, that's that provided me with such an interesting way of looking at the world. So, so to, just to wheel it right back to the start, yeah, self-care. Bit of a pun. Yeah, go on. Are there any self-care things that artists can try, such as writing a journal? 
Definitely. Finding um, a tea they really, really like. Oh, tea is <laughs> wonderful, especially in winter, because it just warms your insides so well. And anything physical, I feel. Making sure that you have nourishing meals and you're, you're eating enough protein, that's definitely a thing that I have to make sure I do because I'm vegetarian and I don't get enough <laughs> protein and iron. I would say getting outside if you can, but if you can't, if you can find a sunny spot in your house, maybe by a window, and just let the sun ease your, feel it on your, your skin. That will do more wonders for you than you realize. Buying a plant for your house, like having that fresh oxygen come in, having something little to care for, and when you find it hard to care for yourself. Try and spend time with animals. If you like animals, if you don't want to be around people, maybe you have a friend that you could cat sit for, or... I feel animals have such a healing energy. They're just lovely to be around, and they just give you so much unconditional love. What else could they do? Oh, goodness. I like to stress back. I make cookies. Oh, I haven't done this in a long time, but I like to actually... You I make bread um, and I knead the dough and doing something okay. physical like that feels so good and it releases all my tension. Things like having a really hot shower as well, like that brings me back into my body sometimes right. um, by putting pressure on my body and just reminding myself that I have this physical being as well as this emotional and mental being that I seem to be so wrapped up in all the time. One thing I really enjoyed mm-hmm. with my work recently was they set up a as a trial a little wellness center that's cool and it was a place you could go i went there in the afternoons and they would play relaxing music they would burn some oils and mm. you could do coloring in oh that's cool which was great just like put your phone away put your computer away and just yeah color and let your mind wander and mm-hmm. think about things how and did that make you feel i really liked it it was so relaxing and just the activity of coloring it's very childlike and it, is. it allows you to like ignore all the adult stresses and just mm-hmm. focus back on yourself Definitely. there's lots of um coloring and you can print out from the internet yep absolutely grab some pencils grab some crayons grab a pen so easy to do and just get away from your computer oh that's yeah actually now that you mentioned that something i've found difficult is getting so wrapped up in contact with people on my phone i'm in contact with people quite often because i've been getting so anxious lately i have to be extra gentle with myself right now because I read into things so easily and I I assume the worst a lot at the moment and that's something I'm trying to keep in mind. It's so easy to misinterpret something when you're you're texting someone or you're messaging someone because they're not there with you and you can't talk it out and you can't read their tone. And so I suggest if you're having trouble like me, just maybe popping your phone down for a little bit or going to the other room is such a simple thing you can do. But I'm trying to do that at the moment because a lot of the time I tend to, yeah, I misinterpret something and I, I really spiral in a way, you know, I, it's so easy for me to just go to the worst conclusion and then react to that. So what I'm trying to do is not react to it as much and just, you know, clear my mind as much as I can, ground myself and actually say, okay, Kathy, was it actually what that person intended or is that because you're feeling vulnerable right now? I think it's commonly referred to at the moment as text anxiety. Oh, okay. Where a text comes in and... Maybe someone didn't put an emoji in or something and it changed the tone. <laughs> if you have text anxiety, think about who's texting you. Yeah. And they're probably not trying to make you angry or they're probably not angry at you. Mm. Sometimes I don't use emojis because my phone won't let me oh, okay. for space reasons. Yeah. But if you have anxiety about it, maybe shout to a friend. Be like, do you think this person's mad at me? Yeah. Speak your anxiety and maybe you'll feel better. Totally. If you put it outside or of your If you're really unsure, body. call your friend. That's the thing. Hear their voice. You, if you're friends, you should be able to ask them for reassurance when you need. Exactly. Yeah. 
look after yourselves look and after you've got to be gentle because you really don't know what someone's going through and not speaking up about there are so many people dealing with things silently right now and you have no idea that maybe one of your closest friends has been through something lately that they don't feel like talking about because that, that's how they're coping you know you've just got to yeah show kindness and compassion and empathy as much as you can cool Something else they say about Sagittarians is that they like to preach a lot. So <laughs> this has been your sermon, High Expectations Sermon Cast. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a comment on a post. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Have a great week. I might shoot off as well. I think yeah. I want to face you. Confronted with beauty. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting um, all cozy on the couch. It's great. This is the best way to do podcasts. It's very good. Very cozy. <laughs> very snug. Very relaxed. That's how things should be, I think. <laughs> Hi, Jocelyn. Hi. Hi. <laughs>